This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Hello, beautiful souls. This is Deanne Riendo. I am the founder of When Spirit Calls. And today I wanted to share a bit of my backstory to connect you with who I am and a bit of my story, my experience. So I want to start by sharing with you the very first time that I realized that this life was so much bigger than what I even could imagine. It happened when I was five years old. I was eating a jawbreaker candy, those round, hard candies. You might remember those. Anyways, needless to say, my dad said, Deanne, go sit down before you choke. And we were at home and I turned to go sit down and I choked. The jawbreaker got lodged in my throat and I couldn't breathe. So my dad came running behind me wrapped his arms around my abdomen and started heaving. I remember thinking my head is going to pop off. I remember that very clearly. <laughs> the pressure was so intense. And my dad tried with all his might, but he could not get that jawbreaker to budge. And so I went limp in his arms and he guided me to the floor. And I had an out-of-body experience. I remember hovering above my dad. I could see him working on me. I could see him panicking as he struggled. I could see my mom running to the, to the phone to call for help. And I could see my older sister poking her head around the corner. And so despite all this chaos happening below, in the space that I was in, I felt peace. I wasn't worried. It felt good. I wasn't even conscious of any thoughts that I had in that moment. I just remember it feeling good. Now, my dad did something that you're not supposed to do, and thank God he did. He used his thumb, and he pushed against the sidewall of my throat, and he got just enough leverage to be able to pop that jawbreaker out. And he got me breathing again. And so after that experience, things seemed different. I felt different. Mom noticed at that time as well, I started to have very lucid dreams. So my dreams seemed very real. They seemed very tangible to me. And oftentimes they were nightmarish dreams, dreams where I would be fighting demons and all sorts of dark things, things that I had never even seen on TV at that point. And it was quite terrifying. I remember waking up one night and I could not speak. I was awake and I could see the demons all around me and I could not move. I could not scream for help. I was paralyzed. Eventually, I knocked myself out of it and was able to call for help. But I spent a lot of nights sleeping on my parents' floor because the dreams were so real to me. We also noticed some other things. I started to wake up with premonitions. 
with visions. I would know when people had died. And so I started to tell my mom, mom, so-and-so died in my dream last night. <laughs> Oftentimes my mom's jaw would, <laughs> would drop. How do you know that? <laughs> and sure enough, she would have just gotten off a phone call from someone who told her that person died. And so this started to show up so young, but I was raised in a Catholic home. And even though my mom was loving and unconditional love at that, she didn't really know what to say, what to do, how to respond to what was happening. And part of me thought I better, I better tuck this away. This is kind of weird, you know? And so that's what I did. I tucked it away. And so many children, and you might be one of those past children where we have a knowing or we have uh, 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 an understanding of a gift. And maybe we don't see it as a gift, but as something, we have something and we just don't know. We just don't know what to do with it. We just don't feel like it's safe for us to share it. And so we stuff it away and we hide it. And so life carried on for me and fast forward through um, very successful teenage years. I had some road bumps, <laughs> some times where I thought, you know, maybe, maybe not being here would be better, but nonetheless, I, I persevered. And because of my experience, my near death and choking, as well as some other health challenges that I had growing up, I decided to go into healthcare. I wanted to save the world. And so I became an EMT. I became a medic. I also uh, completed my dispatch and started firefighting as well. And so my first official career leaving high school was a very intense one. And I remember, you know, there were so many times where I had to face death. Um, in the sense that we would arrive and someone would be dead or someone would be in the process of dying. And there are many lives I tried to save. Um, but in that career, I, you know, I really felt quite helpless because I felt like I was getting to these people too late. And I remember one particular time where I, I we had a call and it was what they call a DOA, a dead on arrival. Um, but we have to go anyways and go through the process and, the woman was elderly and she had died in her sleep. But I had to stay with the woman while the police took pictures and images and I helped roll her body and what have you. And I remember feeling her presence or her energy all the way home. Once I got home, I think I had like two or three showers that day because I just felt like, oh, I can still feel this lady. Why is she here? Little did I know that I was a medium. And I had some of those gifts and abilities <laughs> at that time. I was oblivious to that. And so it just felt creepy. <laughs> and so again, you know, feeling those energies and stuffing them away. Like that feels too weird. People don't talk about this stuff. Let's stuff it away. And so obviously spirit had been poking at me in so many ways, but I, I just wasn't ready to hear. I just wasn't ready to listen. And so now fast forward, I'm now in my mid twenties and life is pretty good. I'm, you know, with a partner and, you know, we're talking about getting married and having a family and I have a surgery on my knee. 
I had injured my knee in high school in a skiing accident and it had just gotten too much. So I needed full reconstruction on my ACL in my left knee. And so I had surgery on the knee and in the days to follow, I was recovering at home. Now, I don't know what happened with the medication or what have you, but my blood pressure bottomed out and I fainted. Luckily, my brother-in-law was with me at the time, so he caught me, but I was unconscious for a time. And in that unconsciousness, I went somewhere amazing. I was surrounded by these beautiful giant beams of light. I could see them. They were different colors and shapes. And they were communicating to me, not with English, but some sort of vibration, maybe uh, frequency, if you will. And I remember receiving it fully and understanding what they meant. And this was such a euphoric and tangible and beautiful experience that I, I wanted to stay. <laughs> now, if any of you have done any research on near-death experiences, you know that oftentimes they tell you that your work is not done here. <laughs> and that's what happened. My work was not done. And so I came to. Now, I didn't know how to express what I had just experienced to my brother-in-law, and I was a bit scared. He was going to think I was crazy. <laughs> and so I kind of took the experience, and I digested it, and I processed it. And eventually, I felt safe enough to tell my mom, who then said, well, you should maybe start talking about this. This sounds like a really incredible experience. It seems too good not to share. And so... I think it was about a week or so later and I'm, I'm in my kitchen and I'm, and I'm telling the story to a friend. Now I've, I've gotten the courage now to start telling the story to a friend. And so I am telling her the story and I'm telling about how incredible it was. Now my brother-in-law lived with us at the time and he comes running into the kitchen and he slams his hand on the counter and he says, I knew it. He said, when you went unconscious, he said, I couldn't tell if you were breathing. I thought you had stopped breathing. I thought you had died. And then he said, but then I it was almost like I felt angels come in, like these energies came in and they said everything was going to be okay. And then I felt, I knew that it was going to be okay. And he said, within seconds, maybe it felt like moments, but like you within seconds, you came too. And he said, I felt it too, Deanne. Oh my gosh, my mind, my heart, everything that needed to be validated got validated in that experience. What a beautiful gift it was for my brother-in-law to express that vulnerability for himself too. Because what he did for me that day was such a tremendous gift. It gave me permission to be vulnerable and share the story. And so as scary as it was for me, I began to share the story. By this time I had a career teaching and I was starting to do uh, some public speaking and starting to listen into my heart and allow my gifts to come back to the surface a little bit. And so I started to share the story. I started to tell people about it. And the more people that I shared it with, the more 
impressed I was at the doors it opened. Not for me necessarily, but for other people. I would have lineups of people that would come to me and they'd say, oh my gosh, I had a story like this or an experience like this with an angel and I never told anybody about it because I thought I was crazy or I thought people would judge me. And so the biggest lesson that I learned from all of that is the power in sharing your story. We have no idea the ripple that we can create when we share our story. And particularly the vulnerable ones in which people will think we're crazy, <laughs> in which we may be judged. Those are the stories to start sharing so that we can help others to heal. I often say storytelling is a form of medicine. And one of the things that I aspire to do with this podcast that you're listening to is to tell you stories in such a way that you can receive so much value and gain so much insight that it will help you on this incredible divine path that we call life. And so allow today to be a little bit of a precursor into what else is coming. We have some beautiful guests that we've invited to be part of the show, many of whom have had really incredible experiences when spirit has called them. And it's important for you to know that you don't need a near-death experience, okay? <laughs> Please don't self-induce a near-death experience <laughs> so that you can experience the angels. The beauty is that simply by our awareness, we can experience these beautiful energies and entities that are around us that are available to us. You don't have to have some great epiphany. Some great catalyst does not need to happen. You simply are invited to choose. To choose to believe in something more than what you are. To choose the path of heart-centered intuition. To choose life as it is meant to be delivered to us. You see, we've gotten so far away from who we really are. We've forgotten. We've forgotten the way. We've forgotten our soul essence. And so a big invitation today for you is to simply step in. Lean in to the possibilities. Allow yourself to see the world through an energetic lens. To notice when your intuition calls you and follow the path and see what happens. To pay attention to the visions, to the voices in your head, to the feelings you have and to the innate knowing that is within you. We all have abilities beyond what we can comprehend. And we have forgotten. And so, a divine purpose in this podcast of When Spirit Calls is to remind you that spirit is always calling, always calling in the simple things in life, in the subtle signs that you see. 
our, our role is to simply pay attention, to see what we could not see before. There's a beautiful quote by Michael Bernard Beckwith. Some of you might be familiar with Michael Bernard Beckwith. Michael Bernard Beckwith uh, has been on The Secret. He is uh, reverend and, and quite a beautiful speaker. So his quote goes something like this. When you believe more in what you don't see than in what you do see, then what you do see, you won't see, and what you don't see, you will see. <laughs> now, some of you might be going, wait a second, what did she just say? <laughs> and I remember when I first heard this quote, I, you know, I, I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, what, it, what does that mean? And through the process of reflection and deeper understanding, what he's essentially saying is, the more we see of the energetics of the world, so the love, the flow, uh, the grace that we maybe it, that maybe is not so tangible to us, when we can begin to see that there is so much more behind this three dimensional or this physical space, that is when we begin to see so much more. And so, what was once important to us, and perhaps material possessions. Uh, as an example, um, becomes less important. Uh, the connection with others becomes more important. The love between others becomes more important. So um, this is what this quote means to me. And when I started to look through the world with this energetic lens, everything changed. So I'm so delighted and excited to share on this journey with you. I hope that you will find the uh, interviews and the conversations we have so inspirational and in the next episode I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about some of the beautiful stories that I've had the pleasure of experiencing in my life that have been examples of when spirit has called me uh, in a much louder way than than usual so we'll be talking about that on the next episode and I look forward to spending so much more time with you all Thank you. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again on When Spirit Calls. So happy you could join us today and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.